Welcome to Fated, a podcast brought to you by Magella and Carly, two romanticy obsessed readers who believe that great books must include declarations of undying love and deep thrusts of desire. Diving into the spicy, smutty fantasy genre, we are here for both the rattling of stars and headboards, and our podcast starts with the worlds of SJM, but delves into other realms. Did we mention that washboard abs and wands of all kinds are welcome in this inclusive and magically charged space? No topic is off limits, and no one is forced to have only one favorite heroine. Welcome to Fated, where we are unabashedly and wholeheartedly hot and heavy for spicy fantasy fiction. It's time to sit down and smut up. Warning, spoilers ahead. Welcome to Fated, the podcast. I'm Carly. And I'm Magella. And today we are talking about how important is writing, the, the quality of writing, to the enjoyment of the book you're reading. So if the writing is terrible, but the plot is great and you're sort of enmeshed in the story, you're, you're invested in the characters, will bad writing put you off? Will it put us off, Carly? We're <laughs> going to discuss that. Um, but that is the topic because I think it's very interesting because especially on TikTok, we have all these books that are going viral and people are raving about them. Um, and then, you know, often people buy them and read them. And, and there has been um, cases where it's just been a disappointment for the majority of people because they're like, you know, this book didn't live up to the hype. It was terribly written. It was, you know, rushed. It, you know, the, there wasn't enough this and this. Interesting story. But, um, you know, the writing really let it down. Um, so I, I thought it would be such an interesting topic to discuss um, how influenced um, both of us are yeah. by um, the standard of writing because neither of us are literary snobs. <laughs> we, we are open and willing to try um, all genres. We are a little bit entrenched in one particular genre right now. But, um, you know, I think I think we could say, Carly, that both of us are open to um, different styles, you know, different lengths of book, you know, different mm -hmm. points of view. Um, so I wanted to discuss and find out how important is mm. this um, to our enjoyment. And then we would love to hear if you're listening, how much does it impact you? Will you literally put a book down and, and not finish if, if the commas are in the wrong spot or if the sentence construction is a bit shoddy, you know, what, what, yeah. where do you sit on that? Um, kind of literary standard line. Mm. Uh, but first, Carly, I want to know, mm -hmm. what are you reading? <sighs> well, Air of Fire is complete. If you've been listening to the last few episodes, you'd be like, finally, finally. Um, and I, gosh, I loved it. So I'm really excited to move on to Queen of Shadows. Is that next? I think that's next. Um but what I've done in between is picked up a little rom-com because one of my favourite romance writers has dropped the fifth book in a series. Of course it's a hockey romance, so I'm very excited. I'm reading He's Not My Type by Megan Quinn. And I have to say, I might share a little bit today in the episode of like the difference when you come out of a fantasy world. I'm really starting to notice now coming back into normal romance. But I'm reading that. Um, am I reading anything else? I've usually got two or three on the go, but no, I think that's it for me. I feel like I you? Reads, there was a, like a autobiography. I was, I was stalking I, your reads yesterday. So I was like, so I have been reading American dirt for about five months. Um, 
And I found it, it's amazing, but I found it really harrowing. I don't know if anyone's read it. It's by, I've got it in front of me because it's part of my summer reading list. So I really want to get it finished. Um, Janine Cummins, uh, American Dirt. It's incredible, but it's very harrowing. And it, and it's about a mother and her eight, nine-year-old son. And I've, I had to put it down because I was being very affected by it. And then I, then I went into Throne of Glass. So I just haven't got back to it. So I've got about 100 pages there. So if you follow me on Goodreads, I will have multiple books up the top currently reading and you'll be thinking some of them have been up there for months and that's true. So sometimes I do put things down and come back. And we'll talk about that in this subject today, this topic we want to talk about, like when that happens. Sometimes I have to put things down and maybe come back and maybe just DNF them. Um, but currently today... On my Kindle, he's not my type. That's where I'm at. What about you? What's on What's on the book gender today? Well, um, I have downloaded about five books from my TikTok scrolling, um, but I just haven't. I'm excited to start them, but I haven't felt the pull towards mm-hmm. one in particular yet. And I also needed to check with you what what are, is on our summer yep. reading just to make sure that I wasn't um, jumping ahead or missing out on something that we are going to discuss in the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've actually gone back for a bit of a comfort reread and I'm back um, doing Akatar. So finished A Court of Thorns and I'm on to a, Mist of, uh, a Court of Mist and Fury, which is obviously the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's, I, well, it's pretty good. I mean, I think it's probably that, Silver Flames. I mean, mm. You know, it's hard, it's hard to choose think. these days. That's the first one, I think, is is my they're all. Um, so it's just so lovely to be back in um, Reese and Bayer's world um, yeah. with Cassian and Adriel, especially because there's that hype building because SJ Mass is releasing the third Crescent City in January and then the book that's coming out after that, which hopefully, surely will, you know, be within six months, is the next Akadar book number six which everyone is saying is going to be about Elaine it'll be Elaine's book with with Azriel and Lucian um mm. but I have yeah there are some crazy theories going around at the moment which I can't discuss because they bring in books that you haven't read yet yeah yeah please don't and there's also I'm absolutely wowed by people's uh, intentions of what they're going to read reread before Crescent City 3 comes out like uh, some of them like I'm going to read all Throne of Glass again I'm going to read the two Crescent Cities again all before January (laughs) are you going to have a life eat spend Christmas with your family like what are you what are you doing pretty impressive very uh very big goals there Um, sorry go no, I was just going to say, I do have Crescent City 1 and 2 here. I'm like, do I jump to that? But no, no, Carly. This is my sort of ADHD with books is like, I'll do that and I'll do that. And I think I can devour more than I can. So I'm just going to stick with Throne of Thron- Glass. I'm just going to say that. And also Crescent City is a whole different beast. Yes. I do feel like um, it really requires for that first, I would say almost third of the book, you have to really, you can't put it down because there, it is so detail and data heavy um, that if you put it down and lose that kind of like momentum and connection, yeah. it becomes almost impossible. You have to sort of be like, who is that person again? What do they do? Yeah. And I just, my brain is so full of Aylan's world at the moment that I just stick with that. Yes. <gasps> it's just, I mean, from here... 
it just gets faster and more oh intense and just so much. are you gonna do the tandem read are you doing the tandem well read? i was gonna ask for your professional opinion on this um i mean i've still got queen of shadows to go and then i'm like do i do it did you tandem no because no. i didn't even know that concept when i yeah, read yeah. that like i just i feel snapped. like i will because another girl at work the other day said that she's read them and she's like she don't she didn't think she would read oh gosh tower of dawn is it no she didn't she found that she would she would have found ta- sorry I can't even talk Tower of Dawn blur boring if she hadn't done the tandem or something. Is I think Tower of Dawn is the one that focuses on Kale. Ah, uh, that's maybe why. So okay. like because there's multiple continents and her group is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, there's and you'll see why they all obviously um, interweave. Um, but it was a really inter- it was similar to Assassin's Blade in that. It almost was like the same world, but felt very different again, or different yeah. focus, like on characters, and you know, like you could get really attached to that little central group that she's in, and yeah. then suddenly being like a, in a different POV. Um, yeah, okay. Which is why I'm I think just, doing I'm just thinking helps. logistically as well. Like, how do I do I go carry two books around then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why I have them all on Kindle. That would be so funny because I often read, you know, at the library or at the park or, you know, while the kids are playing sport or something like that. And like, we like people watching me like flicking, I'm flicking between, what is she doing? She's picking that one up. She's picking that one up. I don't know. Anyway, I think I'll do the tandem read. My gut is saying that I'll do that. So, but let, uh, let's get Queen of Shadows first. Let's get into that. Can you see I'm like... I'm so excited about my summer reading, which we'll do another episode on. But also when I look at the pile, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> that, that's it's so interesting because I was watching um, a video yesterday um, of someone saying, um, like kind of doing a, you know, a, a, a bluff kind of where she's like, you know, it's just not healthy to spend all your time reading. It's just not healthy to um, rush through all the books. It's just not healthy. And then at the end of it, she was like, so how do we make this normal? How do we normalize this? How do we make this healthy? And I was just reading through the comments because lots of people were like, oh, my God, the fury that I felt when you were starting this. And I was like, what do you mean it's not normal? It's not healthy. (laughs) But a lot of the comments were also talking about how many books people read as in like, because some of the comments, some of the things she said were, um, it's not normal to spend hours every day reading. It's not normal to to want to social, to like want to stay home rather than socialize. It's not normal to blah, blah, blah. Um, and there is an element of truth in that. Like if you are only sitting at home reading and you are not socializing at all, I think there is definitely an imbalance that is possible. But I think everyone has a different um, balance point. So an introvert may need or, or find it very healthy to be reading for six hours a day, socializing for one. Yeah. And someone else might need to be out for most of the day and reading for one. So I think there should be no judgment there. It just was in the comments when people started to justify their reading behavior um, and sort of almost like boasting about um, the amount of books that like they had read this year. So, you know, a, a big target on, Goodreads seems to be 52 books because that's one a week. Um, and then, you know, a hundred is like, whoa, kind of crazy. One girl commented and said she had read 767 books this year and people were like, 
what? Like, are you reading four books a day or something or two books a day or something crazy? And she's like, uh, yeah, I do read about two books a day. And I also listen to audio books while I'm at work. Um, and I do more books on the weekend, like four a day or, or more. Um, she mm-hmm. kind of made this flippant joke, like that's, that's, um, that's how productive depression can be or something. Oh, and yeah. I, and all these people had had a go at her, like half the comment section was split of like half people going like, Oh my God, girl, that's amazing. Like, how do you read that? That's incredible. Like, and then the other half were like, that's not healthy. Audiobooks don't count as books, you know, which I think is not real. Like, however you take it in, it's a book, um, you know, and people saying, you need to look at that behavior, you might need to seek help. And um, it was just a really extreme example. Lots of um, unsolicited advice that she probably didn't ask for. But yeah, it's, for me, it's like, but what's the pleasure point, right? So, you know, is it, are you absorbing them, enjoying them? Is or And I guess, again, that's an assumption and a judgment, isn't it, too, that everyone reads for that reason. Maybe people read to calm their mind or to escape their depression or some people maybe read because it's part of their job, like their book editors or something like that, right? So, yeah, we've just I think we've got to be mindful that we're not judging but also that we're not comparing ourselves and or getting too swept up in what everyone else is doing. I mean, we're getting to the end of the year. My good reads, my goal was 50 this year and I'm on 41. And I did feel myself this week going, well, if I finish that one that I'm like three quarters through and I listen to this one on audio and I finish these ones, I can hit my goal. And I was just, I just think we need to remind ourselves that these goals are self-imposed. They're not like, I'm not getting an award for hitting 50. (laughs) Um, My family won't do a guard of award, Callie. I can get you an award. (laughs) My family aren't going to do like a guard of honor and clap me. Like, you know, it's, I'm just going to be really happy that I enjoyed my reading. And I'm so again, I, I feel that too. I think, and I have a bit of, I do have a bit of sort of, um, I don't want to say ADHD brain because I hate how that term's used so loosely, but I rarely will be able, will actually be able to sit and concentrate on a book for longer than an hour at a time. So everyone's so different. Um, but, yeah, I guess that segues into our topic for the day as well. Yes, but, um, we went on a tangent there, a slight tangent. <laughs> intro into our writing versus. That's just always like this will be a 20-minute episode. I'm like, well, we're 14 minutes in, so <laughs> let's talk yeah. about writing. But, yeah, I guess I, I do really want our listeners to hear that. Like if you're on this side of the world, book talk world, where you're like, oh, you know, even 10 a year is amazing for me and I'm enjoying it, then stay there, stay there. Don't compare yourself. What is normal anyway? What is normal anyway? We're not here for the numbers or the accolades or the accomplishments. We're here for like sheer reading pleasure, whatever that looks like. It doesn't need to get competitive, you know. We don't need another competitive thing in our lives or something else to compare ourselves around. This This is for joy. All right, let's go. Quality writing. So I was like, okay, quality writing versus an epic plot. And my first reaction was I want both. Thank you very much. But that obviously doesn't always happen. Um, but I think this is such a, again, a, such a subjective question to ask. It's such a subjective experience. Um, and for me, when I'm picking up a book and I'm, I'm wanting to dive in, enjoy it, experience it, it, it really does depend on my mood and my intention, I guess, of reading. So I have a lot of romance, fluffy, 
easy read romance on my Kindle, on my bookshelf behind me. I go into those books like looking for something a little bit different than going into something like Throne of Glass, for example. I My intention with those ones generally, you know, or my mood is generally I want a palate cleanser, I want something light, I want it to be fun, I want it to be fast-paced. I don't mind if I kind of skim a little bit, although I'm not a massive skimmer. Um, you know, like it's different to, oh, my gosh, Throne of Glass, I want to, I want to be in there, I want to feel it, I, I want it described in great detail, I want to be able to understand the complexity of the characters. Whereas if I read a rom-com kind of, I'm like, eh, the characters don't need to be that deep for me. They just need to be really like spicy in the bedroom, really great sex scenes and a bit of a plot. So does that make sense? Like it's also for me, it's that intention. Why am I reading this? Um, And what are my expectations of this book? Like I know that I'm not going to probably have a literary classic on my hands when I pick up certain authors, which we're not going to mention authors. (laughs) No, we're not. Because I do think the writing, the way we read is so subjective too. Like I know that I've picked up books and read them and, you know, kind of plowed through it because I was, I was just like swept along on this journey with the characters and what I was feeling. And, you know, it was a new world or something. And then afterwards, you know, when I've seen reviews, people are like, oh my God, this writing was atrocious. Like, yeah. and you know, I think that especially said out loud, if you, if I was reading the book out loud to myself, I think that is a very fast way to determine how bad some writing is because you start listening to it and you're like, oh, this sounds really juvenile or clunky or the dialogue yeah. is terrible or the dialogue is okay, but everything else is terrible. But I think that with the, um, when it's, I'm seeking to be swept up in the book. And so it, it, I think for me, writing becomes secondary if I'm invested in the characters, in the world, in what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not invested, then I, it's like I become much more aware of, you know, the yeah. writing aspect of it. And then I will know. And even then, if it goes the other way too, like if the writing is incredible, but I'm a bit like, I don't really care about uh, any of these people or like, uh, I wonder if anything is going to happen. Um, I feel like it, the writing won't save me, won't give me the yeah. overall reading experience I'm seeking because I'm not seeking uh, like Pulitzer Prize winning dialogue. I am seeking an experience. And so if that, award-winning dialogue gets me to the experience, the reader experience that I'm seeking. Excellent. Chef's kiss. Bravo. If, you know, the sentence construction, you know, if sometimes it's not even proper English, but I am feeling something euphoric, heartbroken on the edge of my seat. Um, you know, if I cannot wait for the next, I'm getting through like, honestly, my reading, my, my, the writing standard could could be woeful, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask, um, have you ever cringed, like been reading something and cringed and really noticed that yeah. it was bad? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then did you stop or did you keep going because the plot pulled you forward? 
Yeah. So I was thinking back over some of the books that I read this year and didn't finish. I was like, why didn't I finish that? Why did I put that down? Um, and they were generally the books that, I don't know if you've done this on a couple of times a year on Kindle, they have stuff your Kindle days and they have lists of free uh, books that you can just put on your Kindle. So I usually go in and put like 10 different books on there. I have to say a lot of them I've never finished and a lot of them I've gone and gone, like, I just, it's that, it's, it's that terrible that I can't. And I actually feel really bad because I'm like, good on this person for writing a book, like amazing. But yeah, there's been a few this year. And also I think some of them were just the wrong tropes for me and I just didn't, like I was, I'm not into military kind of romance, but I shoved them on there because they were free and I gave them a go. So just to clarify, are you calling a trope part of the writing or are you calling that part of the plot? So we... Well, it's probably the plot, but it's how it's written about is the writing style, I guess. Yeah. Like if it's, it's, it's so interesting because I love certain romance authors and certain um, fantasy romance authors and they could write about a trope, let's say military or whatever, or, you know, older man. And, and I could be like, I don't care. It's this writer and she's amazing and I, could, and I love it. And then I could read it in someone else's and be, no. So there's, I'm not yet very articulate, I guess, on exactly what it is. I put down some stuff, which I'll go through with you, um, about what keeps me excited. But <laughs> I just podcast notes. to go in my podcast notes because I have to be prepared. Um, the characters is huge, right? So the... If if nothing else is amazing, we for me it's the character. Like, do I like the characters? Do I re- or relate to the characters, or are they compelling enough to keep me in this? It really, I I really need that character driven writing um, and plot. And I was listening to a few authors last week talk about this. You know, when they get asked about their writing, like, look, you know, at the end of the day if the characters aren't relatable or that people don't like the characters, you it doesn't matter how incredible your sentence structure is and your world building skills are. It doesn't matter because people are like, meh, I don't get the characters. I don't like the characters. It's not blah, blah, blah. So does that answer that question? Um, I, I guess a little bit. Then I guess we could also delve in and say that like, the, the way the characters are written is what creates the characters. So in the end, like, it is still yeah. kind of the writing. I mean, it all kind of comes back to because you could have the most incredible idea and if you can't convey it. So it's like, you know, but I do think there's been a couple of books where I just, and one of them I didn't finish, the second one, and I wanted to because I really mm. liked the story. I, I've, I really enjoyed big parts of the character's journey but just the way the romance within this fantasy was written about it just went from like the enemies to lovers was so short like it was like I hate you I hate yes. you oh my god I'm in love with you now oh my god yes I will die for you and I was like I felt like it was literally like whiplash and I was like what like I get that he's hot and he's just saved mm. you or you've just discovered something that has changed your opinion on him but like I need a little bit more easing into yes. the change yes. in um yeah, yeah. Plausibility. <laughs> like I put down number two plausibility for me I was like because he's I was like what do I need I need number one is it has to make sense I've read books this year where I'm like 
the timelines like and it doesn't make like just it didn't flow there was it didn't make sense to me and I got lost too lost now I know in fantasy romance you can get lost I know that you can be like who is that person and where are they from and what can they do I know that but that's different to me of like a a storyline plot line pacing that just is jarring or does feel like a flash um so I need to be able to understand it. It needs to make sense and I need to not get lost. But number two was plausibility. Like, yes, it's fantasy, but I don't know. There's a level of still a level of plausibility that I require in my books. Does that that sounds so silly when I say that because this is a made up world, but I have no attachment to plausibility. I'm just <laughs> to some of the books. And I remember describing the plot to my partner, like I'd be reading and he's like, what are you reading? And I try and like describe either the scene or kind of like a broad sweeping arc of sort of the the story. And I'd be like, um, this sounds stupid. And uh, it really doesn't, a lot of this doesn't line up, but I haven't noticed that until I've tried to articulate it to someone. Yeah, and that's um, great writing, I think. And I think you know the person I'm speaking of, but I, like I devoured a particular author's books, all of them. So, you know, multiple series. They were very, very easy to read. Um, but, um, they you know, I read one. I was like, what is this? <laughs> but I feel like it's that for me, it's like, um, it, the doorway to get into that world is so easy to walk through. And so yeah. for me, there was, I'm in there. And I think that I find it easy to fill in gaps. I was like, if it doesn't make sense, if I'm not getting enough information from the book, I'm just filling it in myself. I'm putting in whatever I think that world needs. So I think there's a little bit of um, world building happening in my yeah. own head. Because yeah. they've just given me the structure. They've kind of given me the characters, where this is going, some great like heat to get it all moving. And then I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. This could happen over here. And then, but also I don't really care if that doesn't happen because like I know that eventually yeah. in the next few pages maybe, we're gonna <laughs> like maybe like when I talk about plausibility, I don't mean like reality, because I know that anything is possible in these worlds. I guess it's more as you get into series or you get deeper into books and you know the characters, would they do that? You know, when they, the character does something and you're like, hey, Feyre wouldn't do that, then I, you can kind of lose me in that way. I guess like, um, it almost feels like then does the author even know the character? Like we're invested in this character. We know this character. We know that they would not do that because that goes against things that they've said previously or yeah. something that they feel passionately about or that's someone that they are sworn enemies with and it's not an enemies to love a trope. It's just a straight up like there's yeah. a plot hole and you've just decided to create a friendship because that bridges something and we're not here that's right as, as a reader you get a sense of yeah this isn't actually flowing or you've added this in for some reason maybe your editor suggested it or or there's something missing that I can feel like you had in there that was taken out or and I think that that does for me writing wise obviously we've got Sarah J Mass's world I think she's a cut above because she knows and loves and lives with her characters in her mind, soul, cells. And you can tell that in the writing. Um, whereas, okay. you know, we do have a lot of fast fast fashion in book world right now where people are just pumping out books. And I, you can, there is a, 
yeah, you can tell. You can tell an author that's lived with their characters, knows their characters inside and out. Um, yeah. But, um, again, it's okay if it's a – again, I'm okay if it's a light, quick, easy, you know, as long as my way. intention and my – the way I engage with that book is a little bit different. So. Yes. I do think that um, the – I haven't done the Kindle Unlimited Day because I tried last time and they're just – I feel like it was so hard to find books that appealed to me and I was so skeptical that I was going to get a good one. Like kind of like when you go op shopping and uh, if you're in the right headspace and energy, it's, it's um, like finding, you know, gold, like you're searching through everything and you're like, Oh, I'm not expecting to go in and have lots of choices. I'm expecting to go in and fingers crossed, find two incredible Mm. things where I'm just like, can you believe it? I found a, you know, vintage Chanel jacket, or I found a pair of leather loafers in the box, you know, where you're just a bit like, this doesn't happen. This is amazing. Um, But you have to have energy for that. You have to scour through the racks. You have to like, you know, breathe in all that dust. You have to like, you know, look through yeah. everything, fossick under things. That's how I feel about the Kindle Unlimited today. And and I am not at all invested in, like, I don't know. I feel like with vintage shopping, because I used to be a stylist, I can search really quickly. I feel like I know what I'm looking for. I know what's good and bad. Like, I feel like that is more in my wheelhouse. Whereas it, with looking at books, I feel like you can write a really great, synopsis on the back cover or you know or just what you're reading about a summary and be like yes you know and also I think sometimes the summary doesn't tell you enough so then you skip over these things um and so I do remember reading a couple like sample chapters from when I was like oh maybe this one and I just yeah (laughs) I just was like it's a bit like boxing day sale at the you know like at the to like the bargain store, you know, so because they because they're free, and I do picture like people just waiting at the doors, and the doors bust open, and people just don't even look at what they're getting; they're just putting it in their trolley. It does that's the energy of it, um, obviously. So I gave it a go. I haven't. I don't think I've read any of the ones that I put on there. Um, who knows? There might be some gold in there. But when I've got other. Th- other yeah other books that have been raved about that I'm yeah I really love the author I know that I'm going to enjoy it they just they just keep getting bumped up to the top of the list um the other thing for me quality writing is it needs to be emotionally inspiring or thought provoking there has to be that that compelling element to the writing for me to go that's great writing and a great plot and great characters um if I don't feel emotionally inspired if I don't feel emotional at all, even if it's like jubilation and glee and like laughter and stuff, it doesn't have to be heavy and harrowing and soul destroying and, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to get over these characters. Any kind of emotion for me, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. And so the ones that I haven't finished, the ones that I will probably never get back to, it hasn't been emotionally activating enough for me. What about you? Yes, I think that circles back, I guess, to the reader experience. And so because I am seeking to feel immersed in something, like I'm not reading a book with um, distance, like I'm not putting distance between myself and the characters in the world. Um, So if it doesn't, 
draw me in, which I think that, um, I don't know, it's so interesting. I'm trying to think of are there books where the writing was great, but I felt a bit ho-hum about... About. It's while you have a think of that, it's really interesting because there are certain real, like literary classics and just incredibly famous series uh, where it's like this person is an incredible writer, very skilled, very gifted. And yeah, I've read it and gone, I'm just, it doesn't evoke anything. There's just nothing there for me. And yet yes. they've sold 70 million books and they're incredibly well-renowned so subjective again right yeah but how is it subjective like how does someone sell that many and not you know because I can definitely think of um literally literary classics or even just very well-loved um books that I you know started but didn't I just felt no draw to go any further and I think that for some people, you know, they're reading a book for less less about escapism and more to learn or to feel seen or to um, understand. Or, I mean, I feel like some of the time too, some of the books that are incredibly popular feel like the news, like we're watching these awful stories that aren't real but, are, you know, we have heard other similar stories or you know um uh like that book the the bones the the beautiful the gentle bone what was that called um that oh, bones it was turned into a movie anyway it um i read it and it was a beautifully written book but oh i felt wretched at the end of that like mm-hmm. it's i mean there is something to be said on going on a a journey where you learn and then you have your heart broken because it is so real. And mm-hmm. I think that that is why I'm sitting in the romanticy genre because I don't want to experience pain that feels like it is happening in the real world yes. all the time. I can't prevent it. Whereas yeah. like when someone is, you know, having an issue in a fairy realm, like <laughs> I can't go in and prevent that war. I can't yeah. stop. Yeah. that's watcher yeah. um but um whereas know. i love i love real world harrowing awful like heart but there, again it has to be not bland i just kind of like like just some of these big really famous books that i've read like you know the big doorstop like you know the ones that if you've read them you are a true reader because there's also that right like oh, i'll read them to say i've read them yes. um to, you know the hundred hundred greatest books of all time. Make sure I've read all of them. Like some of them, I'm just like, oh my god, like I just can't. It's like yeah. pulling teeth. That would be so interesting. I feel like if we did that, um, most. Do I say Harry Potter's in that mix with me? No, I won't say that. Oh no, I won't say that. Magella will get cranky. Um, um, that's okay. I do what? feel like surely you could give. <laughs> you're gonna read manacles. I have to get them. I nearly bought them the other day when I was Christmas shopping. I was like, do I just give them another go? It's been a good 15 years. But what I also wanted to say is um, you can have in, you can have pe- authors who are literally trained in writing, okay? I'm thinking about um, – I'll say the name because 
this is an online discussion that I've sort of keep coming across. So Cormac McCarthy, I've never actually read any of his books. Me neither. But people say his writing is terrible. And yet he is a trained, like gone to school for many, many years, trained screenwriter. Um, He's done, what do you call it? Like he's done his master's in writing. He's done like... He's taught writing at a college or he's been a professor. He's an American novelist, playwright, screenwriter. Like he's got so, he's, he's literally been taught the structure of writing. And yet people will argue that his writing is actually terrible. And so some people, and some people are like, no, it's actually correct. But we're so used to terrible writing <laughs> in parentheses or more um, colloquial kind of writing relaxed writing so again there's this spectrum of like what are you what are you looking for what is good writing what is correct writing uh you know for me I just I don't want to have to trudge through a book (laughs) even if it's grammatically correct and really like as I said correct sentence structure I would rather read a sentence that's not so grammatically correct and, and perfect and it evokes something so yeah that's that was an interesting that's an interesting Reddit thread that I got into the other day about Cormac McCarthy. I haven't read any of his stuff, as I said, but people were trashing his writing and people were like, hang on, he's actually a screenwriter and a professional. Like he's incredibly skilled. He knows how to write a paragraph. Interesting. Can, is good writing fixed? Like, because I was just having a quick scroll through the hundred best fiction books of all time, and I think I probably read 10%. Um, I recognize almost every title, um, but I think that I would have read the ones I've read. I think I read them in high school or university because I had to, um, you know, there's lots of older kind of ones that are a bit more to kill a mockingbird, little women, um, the scarlet letter, all these kind of things. But I mean, and I can well- recognize them as 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 obviously um, great books in their time, but they're not books that I'm going to pick up again. They're not books I'm going to reread. They're, you know, <laughs> yes. And it's also like what makes good writing. I think in the end is dependent on what the reader wants from that experience. So I think that everyone's level of writing. Yeah also depends on how well you understand the language and how well you um because I do think uh like especially in like when I studied journalism you know the sentence construction is geared to be short you know short direct to the point um especially in um you know news type um journalism versus editorial style but even then you know I I have a tendency to run long in my sentences, um, love a good, you know, <laughs> comma, semicolon, you know, dash, um, you know. But I remember when I studied sales and marketing and I just remember the person saying, you want to write um, at the level that, you know, a six-year-old could understand. And so I think that's really interesting too how much of writing is, you know, sometimes seeking a complexity that's unnecessary and and if you come back to if you're writing a book for a user like a reader experience you know wouldn't you want the writing to be 
as readable, as consumable as possible. Um, so, so interesting though, again, I think it fits the, the genre and what you expect. So when I read my fluffy rom-coms, I don't, I don't expect long flowery sentences. I just don't. And it's okay. Um, but something that I know I'm going into to really lose myself, escape in. Yeah, I do. I want more. I do. I want more flowing. I want more semicolons and commas and descriptive um, kind of wording. I, I, you know what I mean? Like I think there for me, I just kept coming back to what's my expectation of what I'm picking up? What mood am I in? What am I wanting to how deep am I wanting to go? Um, the one, one of the key things though, that kept coming up for me when I was reflecting on this was, was pacing and, and the writing does need to still for me move. They need, I don't want to spend six chapters going over and over and over and over and over the same thing, you know, so it must be tricky. It must be tricky as a writer to find the balance. Who am I writing for? Who are the kinds of people that are going to read this where's the tipping balance here for complexity? <laughs> like how structured does it need to be? How colloquial and, you know, more relaxed can I get? Like, right. And even, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to write a couple of little romance novels at the moment. And I find myself saying to myself, like, oh, this needs to, I need to go into this in greater depth. This needs to be more complex. This is too, this is too, I don't know, wishy-washy. This is too light and fluffy. And I'm like, Carly, it's a, you're writing a romance. People really just want a bit of a plot, some characters they kind of like, a bit of banter. They want the slow burn. They just want epic, cool sex scenes that make them hot. Like it doesn't have to be a Tolstoy or a Tolkien or, you know, a JK Rowling. So expectation um, and genre, but pacing is important. It needs to, we don't want it too fast. We don't want whiplash like you had with that. <laughs> I really uh, admire writers that put their work out there in the world, no matter what, even if it's fan fiction, it's on Wattpad. I'm like, good on you for writing some words on a page and having the gumption to put it out there in the world. And that is why I, you know, I don't write scathing reviews of people's books. I, I'm not here to, you know, we're not going to do episodes saying we hated these books and this author's terrible because it's just so subjective and something that I love, Magella will not love and something that Jella loves, I will be very confused by. So <laughs> <laughs> well, they're kind of the key points, I think, for me. Um, it needs to make sense. I need to be sort of swept up in some way. It needs to be emotionally inspiring. There needs to be some pacing and plot moving forward, some characters that I like. Um, and some surprise is good too. I don't mind a bit of like, oh, didn't see that coming or, oh, didn't look at it from that angle. That keeps me excited too. Yeah. Mm. It is interesting. I think if we separate plot and writing yeah, just in a really black and white way, I feel like I, in a nutshell, I, I think plot will win out for me because for pl plot is Same. character, it is the world it is everything and if the writing is a little bit you know subpar or you know if i and i skim a bit you know but if i can still feel like i'm in that world oh my god what's this character gonna do oh my god they did this like that will win for me over average writing or you know yes. subpar writing but i mean if it's so terrible that it makes no sense i feel like that obviously that's a no-brainer that 
the writing then impacts the plot. Anything that impacts the plot is going to impact my reader experience. Flipped it though, it could be the best writing in the world. And if I don't feel connected to the plot, the characters, what's happening, the world, I don't care. I don't care. I might notice a sentence to be like, man, that is beautifully written. But generally when I think that it's because it's beautifully written about something I have a connection to. It's very rare that I would be like that sentence, just the way it is constructed is so, you know, maybe out of context of the book, if I had just read a sentence and it was beautifully written, but for me, the writing is so much more than the, the, the grammar, the sentence construction, you know, um, the pacing, you know, the word choice, all those kind of things. It is. Um, so for me, if we had to put a vote out and it was like, you know, would I read it if it was badly written, but had a great plot, I would, you know, like, yeah, I would. So they're so interwoven. It's, it's tricky. Even as we're doing this episode, I'm like, Oh, that's plot though, Carly, but it is, they, they, they are a marriage. Uh, I agree with you. I am not reading my books with a red pen looking for typos and grammatical errors. <laughs> I don't want a six-year-old level of writing. Obviously I'm not a six-year-old anymore. There has to be um, good enough, good enough writing to keep me, to keep me actually flowing across the page. So I agree. Well, I think that was an interesting episode to discuss. Um, I would love to know what other people, because I do know that there are people who are so passionate about the the standard of writing or the, what, you know, it really turns them off. I feel like this episode was good writing versus bad sort of thing. Like how important is it versus, um, particular authors styles of writing. It would be so interesting, um, for another episode to talk about, um, the author styles that we really find ourselves repelled by and why or very drawn to and why um because there hasn't been many yet in the romanticy genre um where I felt repelled by the way they the author's writing style um I think that would be um, something that we could okay. discuss. We always come out of our episodes with 10 other episodes that we're going to do, which is great. I'll add that to the list. I'll add that to the list. That's right. Um, now, what about a line? I just was reading this little bit of dialogue and it's, it's, I'll just read it to you. It says, of course, he picked up the brown bag of candy on the table. What's your, he trailed off as he weighed the bag in his hands. Didn't I give you three pounds of candy? She smiled impishly. You ate half the bag. Was I supposed to save it? I would have liked some. You never told me that because I didn't expect you to consume all of it before breakfast. She snatched the bag from him and put it on the table. Well, that just shows poor judgment on your part, doesn't it? You know, like it's yeah. this, um, it's nothing. I, it's not a complicated. It's just this really f- like light banter that instantly puts me in the room with those two people. And I go, oh my God. Yes, like, yes. Yes. And I'm like, you know, looking at air of fire and I've got some notes here and it's just a simple sentence, like something molten rushed through her pouring over every crack and fracture still left gaping and open, not to hurt or mar, but to weld, to forge. I remember that scene. I remember that that line because I remember the whole molten, like he is putting her back together. Like he is, like filling the cracks and holes in her soul 
But if I read that to anyone else, it'd be like, oh, it's a nice line. But because it's connected to character and plot and the world that we've been introduced and to. what she's just gone you know, So, yeah. It's still a beautifully written line, but it means more, obviously, because of the plot and the characters. So, yeah. It's, anyway, there's a couple of lines that we love. And I, you know, there's some lines in Akatar that are about the describing the scene, like Valaris and stuff that I just, I just, they paint the picture and put me, yes, there. They evoke something, um, a desire to be in Valaris or something. So, yes, anyway, favorite lines. So, again, subjective. My favorite lines might be really different to other people's favorite lines. So, that they just skimmed over that and went, eh, that doesn't even maybe grammatically make sense. All right. Wonderful. We must away. (laughs) We must away. Yes, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear um, the kind of level of writing. But, again, it's just so subjective that people Yes. Well, you know what? We would love if you secretly sent us books, like, that you couldn't finish because we love to know, like, you know, like just just for our own, you know, um, kind of macabre, you know, to see. This is also sometimes why I'm hesitant to recommend books to some people, maybe more in my personal life, because I'm like, oh, but I loved it. doesn't mean you, you're going to love it. So it's okay if you don't want to finish it. I won't be offended, you know, and I won't, it won't make me love it any less. I'll just have it yes. back and reread it. I think there are some great um, TikTok videos that I've noticed where people are like, they do that trend, which is like unpopular opinion. Like I didn't love this book or uh, like, I mean, for you, it would be, I didn't, read Harry Potter like that would be an unpopular opinion when people would just be like what but also I've mentioned this on a previous episode I just can't read Colleen Hoover's and yet she's a New York Times multiple bestseller for multiple books she's got 16 books in the top 100 or something like cool great that's okay no shade to her but just just not my kind of writing I found I just couldn't get into it so that's okay we just, we don't yuck other people's yums. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's all good. Exactly. Just move on to another author. There's plenty to read. <laughs> all right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As I said, please let us know. Please review. Please follow us. Please like and engage. We're, we're starting to get to the point where we're like, okay, what are we going to record next year? Mm-hmm. And we'd love your input. Great. Um, but, yeah, I will talk to you soon, Madge. Yes. Okay. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you felt like you were eavesdropping on a conversation that you have been dying to have with someone to discuss all the tiny details and possible plot twists of the books that you've recently read. Perhaps you don't have someone to chat to after you finish one of those epic books, so please give the show a follow and we would be honoured to be your book-obsessed friends. But mostly, though, we hope it was fun, it gave you a giggle, it made you gasp or encouraged you to pick up a different author. Please share it with someone who you think would also love it And drop us a review, letting us know what you loved and what you want to hear from us in the future. We will be back with another episode soon. Happy reading.